The Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck the fucking Jets, fuck, fuck the Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck the fucking Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck the fucking Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck them, fuck the Jets. Welcome to the same old Dolphin Show, everybody. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron, the brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Here we are. It's Fuck the Jets week. As always, we got to start off with the song, with our song that we wrote. What? How long ago was it that this song just somehow came into being? It's been at least a decade. Yeah, it's been a it's been a while. I feel like uh, that that this just song. I just seem to remember it like you remember everything else. It's like you're playing the Jets. You got to sing the song, and uh, it's Jets week. For the Miami Dolphins. So uh, we we hope that you will join us in a rousing rendition of the Fuck the Jets song, which uh, we have started this podcast with before. Uh, but we'll get into that Jets game shortly. But before we do that, we're going to talk about the Steelers game. We're not going to get too heavy into detail about that Um as it's now firmly in the rear view. We'll also talk a little bit about the trade that sent Kenyon Drake away from the Miami Dolphins, a trade that we expected to happen, although maybe not the landing spot we expected. But before we get into any of that, we invite everybody to give us a follow on the Twitter machine. At Aaron the Brain is where you can find Aaron. I am at Amplified to Rock. The show is at same old dolphins and every single episode of the same old dolphin show is available at dolphinstalk.com which is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins so make sure you're visiting dolphinstalk.com every single day and of course if you haven't done so yet we hope that you will head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating leave us a positive review it will uh, help us out greatly and the brain and I both appreciate it very much, as does Mike, the boss over at DolphinsTalk.com, who uh, just sent me a nice little piece of Dolphins uh, paraphernalia from his recent trip down to uh, South Florida for the Redskins game. I, I believe he and Tom are headed down there again this weekend for the Jets game as well. Uh, good folks over there running DolphinsTalk.com. So uh, help us out. Leave us a, a review and a rating over there at Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, let's get down to business here, Brain. A lot has changed, but a lot has stayed the same. And as far as the 2019 season are concerned, these are the same old Dolphins, even though they didn't look like it at first. I th- I mean, there was a time in the first half of that game against the Steelers that I really thought, uh-oh, these Dolphins might turn up and they might they might really just take it to the Steelers for this whole game. They jump out to that 14 to nothing lead. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is looking good. Offense is looking good. The defense was looking solid. Mason Rudolph looked, uh, rattled and wasn't quite sure of himself. Xavier Howard got a nice interception. Uh, but then things started to settle down a little bit. And with the Dolphins up 14 to three, uh, and the Steelers facing a third and 20 just before halftime, the Dolphins came out with an all out blitz that turned in that 
resulted in a screen pass turning into, or not a screen pass, but a, a short little dump off turning into a long touchdown for the Steelers. And that seemed to be the moment where everything changed and uh, the Steelers ended up going on to win that game over your Miami Dolphins by a score of 27 to 14, scoring 27 unanswered points. Uh, Brain, what were your big takeaways from that game without getting too far into the weeds there? What was, what were your thoughts? My thoughts are that the team is more and more competitive each week. You're getting solid play from your wide receivers. It's clear that Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, is able to move this offense and that the defense is playing better uh, when Xavier Howard is out there. Um, and then my other takeaway is that I'm beginning to be sold on the controversial notion that this team is actually trying to lose. Oh, okay. Well, unpack that a little bit for me. Look, the, the big play of the game you just mentioned, the game, the play that turned the game around is a third and 20. The Steelers at the 45 yard line, less than a minute to go in the half. The Dolphins are up 14 to three. I can see very little logic behind that play call of sending an all out blitz with man coverage on the outside, leaving nobody home, and your corners are playing off. It just... Is there a way that that play works? Yeah, sure, it could work. But in all likelihood... I mean, that's as easy a a completion, because you're giving the guy a free release. Uh, So as long as Mason Rudolph picks up that it's a blitz, and he's obvious, you know, any quarterback worth anything is going to pick up that it's a blitz... And they're going to go to their hot route, and they had it right there, and then there is nobody home to make the stop. Just absolutely nobody there. And then Xavier Howard is jogging after him on the plate. Now, Xavier Howard now goes on IR. It's just the timing of, of that play, the timing of some of these plays that have happened over the last few weeks is too suspicious. Go back to the Buffalo game when Miami's got things rolling. They just faked a punt or faked a field goal to get a first and goal. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's been totally on his game, throws an inexplicable interception at the goal line. Come on now. Wait a minute. That was a hell of a play. It was not a look to make the interception. It was. it was not a hell. It was not a good throw, and it was not a good decision. And it was a, if I remember correctly, it was a first and goal. So it's not the time to to make a risky throw. You also have, go back to the Washington game. It's more than just the play call on the two point conversion, the drop by Kenyon Drake on the two point conversion. Before that drive, and yes, yeah, ultimately they did drive down and they, they scored a touchdown, which set up the two-point conversion to attempt to tie the game. But even before that, you had a third down in in field goal range, a third and short, or it, may, it might not have been a third and short, but Daniel Kilgore, who has not had a bad center center to quarterback exchange, in his entire tenure here in Miami, and from 
from the best of my knowledge, not a bad center to quarterback exchange in his entire time in San Francisco, rolls a snap to the quarterback. It just looks to me like they, they, they are picking an op. And let's not forget that that play on, on Monday night against the Steelers came out, came off of a timeout too. So, I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, you know, put something in the works, that's the time to do it. You call a timeout, huddle them up. I mean, it's a risky game. I don't know exactly how things are going about, but let's not all, let's also not forget where Brian Flores is from. He's from the shadiest organization in the National Football League. If Bill Belichick was the head coach of this team and he had just taken over in his first year and he had total autonomy and total job security, would you put it past him? I suppose that's a fair point. And I'm not saying that I necessarily have like some huge problem with it because at the end of the day, you know, I want the team to lose, but it it's starting to look like, and I, I guess I do have a little bit of, because at that point you're messing with the integrity of the game. Here's the thing. I just can't, I can't buy into that because for me, if you were trying to lose the game, why are you trying to also compete? Well, that, there are a lot see, easier ways. There are a lot easier ways to just lose these games. You you go out there. You first of all, if you were trying to lose the game, why would Ryan Fitzpatrick still be your starting quarterback? Because they were under investigation by the NFL. And when did Ryan Fitzpatrick be named the starter? It's right after the Buffalo game. Right after, me. yeah, uh, yeah, right after the the Washington game, rather. Yeah, and uh, when when Ryan Fitzpatrick was named the starter, very soon after, like the next day, Roger Goodell said, "No evidence of tanking." Again, I'm not going in there with the smoke and mirrors. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna buy into. I'm the not a hundred percent, but like, there were things that happened in that Washington game. There were things that happened in the Buffalo game, and then that happened against the Steelers, and it's like, you know, you keep checking, you keep making these little check marks or these little notes of, that's a little fishy. That's a little, at a, at a certain point, you got to start, you know, putting, you know, connecting the dots and putting things together, and I'm not saying that's what's going on, but it's awfully suspicious. At any rate, Dolphins lose the game to Pittsburgh. They move on with their lives. And I think it's actually the word may have broken even before the game started that the Dolphins were sending Kenyon Drake to Arizona for a conditional pick. In I believe it broke Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, it, it broke pretty early. So Kenyon Drake sent to Arizona, um, wh- who were getting ready to play a Thursday night game against San Francisco. Uh, Chase Edmonds is out with a hamstring injury. David Johnson is dealing with some health problems. They needed a, a running back. So the Dolphins made the move to uh, with Arizona for Kenyon Drake to head out there and return for a conditional pick. It looks like it's a sixth round pick that could potentially become a fifth round pick based on the performance of Kenyon Drake. If anything is to be made of Kenyon Drake's initial performance with Arizona on Thursday night, pretty good chance that pick is becoming a fifth uh fifth round pick because Drake had a couple of touchdowns rushed uh for over 100 yards it was a very good game 
for Kenyon Drake. So uh, a very nice debut for him over there. In the meantime, the Dolphins have that draft pick. Additionally, the Dolphins on the trade deadline did not ship anybody else out. Kenyon Drake was the only player to leave via trade. Uh, but the Dolphins did make a trade with the Rams to bring in Akib Talib and a fifth round pick in 2020 in exchange for a seventh round pick in 2021, I believe. This was a situation where it's, uh, where the Dolphins were basically just buying the draft pick. Uh, they're going to pay Akib Talib's uh, salary for the remainder of 2019, which I believe is just over $4 million. Uh, he is on injured reserve until the middle of December. So it seems unlikely that he's ever even going to play a game for the Dolphins. So the Dolphins spend some money to get another pick in the 2019 draft. And maybe that's, uh, they made that move in order to ensure that they had an extra fifth round pick since originally they were apparently talking with Detroit about moving Kenyon Drake, but Detroit didn't want to play ball with the picks that the Dolphins wanted. So this is how they managed to do what they needed to do. So Chris Greer continues to accumulate draft picks as the Dolphins continue to look ahead to what is easily their most highly anticipated offseason, probably in franchise history, coming up here uh, this summer. But Brain, any Thoughts on the trade that sends Kenyon Drake away or brings Akib Talib and more importantly, that fifth round draft pick back to the Dolphins? Seems like it makes a lot of sense for for the Dolphins. Um, we got a whole but we're saving a whole bunch of money because we're not spending anything uh, this year. So might as well. I mean, we're going to have a bunch of cap space next year and we're probably not going to use more than half of it. So, you know, you're going to be saving money next year as well. So four and a half million dollars for an extra pick. Uh, yeah, sign me up. Uh, in addition to that, word is that Akib Talib may potentially have his sights set on a coaching job. And this may be sort of a, a two-month internship, basically, as he gets himself a into that locker room uh, and into that defensive back room. Uh, so he, he has a prior relationship with Brian Flores when he was in New England uh, back when they uh, were winning the title uh, a few years ago. I believe he was on the team that won uh, the year that they beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. So, you know, Brian Flores, maybe he maybe he sees value in Akib Talib strictly as, as a teacher. You know, as a guy that can uh, be in that room and teach guys like Nick Needham and Jamal Wiltz and, you know, Webster and Lewis and, and any of these these young corners and young uh, defensive backs that are on this team, uh, as they try to figure out uh, which of these guys are going to be long-term pieces of the puzzle uh, for this organization and... Look, I think it's, I mean, look, it's worth it just for the pick, but if the guy ends up getting into the locker room and you, you, you find out that he's going to be a pretty good coach and then he ends up being a coach on, on the roster next year, uh, that's even better because then you're not coming in next year with a brand new, uh, coach that, that needs to learn all these players. He comes in next year when we're trying to win games. And he already knows the players, the players already know him, and there's 
there's that much less of a learning curve and we just hit the ground running. Yeah, it's a good addition potentially to the staff uh, and the Dolphins, as we mentioned, continuing to accumulate draft picks, which is always a good thing, particularly as the Dolphins are really looking forward to the future. That's where their eyes are set, 29 or 2020 and beyond. Speaking of what lies ahead, it's Jets week, as we mentioned at the top of the show, and this is where Adam Gase returns to the scene of the crime. Adam Gase and his New York stinking Jets coming into Hard Rock Stadium. And I mean, the narratives here are just unbelievable. Adam Gase is proving to be in New York everything that everybody in the Dol- in, in South Florida that disliked what he was doing said he was. He is having trouble managing his personnel. He outsized personalities, give him problems. Uh, for all the talk that he's a quarterback whisperer, the Jets offense is among the worst in the NFL. This team is a mess. Sam Darnold was a quarterback that Gay said he was excited to be working with. And Darnold missed several weeks with mono of all things and now is back and looked good. They've had one really strong performance inexplicably against Dallas. But then other than that, this team has just been just awful. So awful to the point that it seems like the Jets are actually in the race for that number one overall pick in 2020. They come into this game with a record of one and six as the Dolphins come in with a record of 0 and seven. So there's a lot of speculation and a lot of questions about what this game is going to look like. Is Adam Gase the spiteful type? Is he going to come in and have his team lie down? So that the Dolphins end up getting a win and, you know, the Jets somehow find a way to pull a fast one and end up cutting the Dolphins off on their path to the number one overall pick? Or does Adam Gase come in and just try to bring his team in and whoop up on the Dolphins? If I had to guess, Brain, I I would say that Adam Gase is absolutely coming in here looking to try to win this game and win it convincingly because this is a guy who is taking a ton of heat from the New York media. And I think if he comes into Miami and this team loses to the Dolphins, he might not make it through the rest of the season as the head coach of the Jets. if, If he loses to the Dolphins, he's getting fired on Monday. Which, gosh, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Look, so here's the thing with the Jets. The first game of the season, they got a big lead against Buffalo, and they they blow the big lead and the Bills win. Then Darnold gets mono, misses the next three games. They're dreadful. They don't even have a back. Their backup gets hurt. So they're they're playing Luke Falk, who we all know Adam Gase uh, just loves. And for, for no apparent reason, they scored 23 points over the next three games in losses to the Browns, the Patriots, and the Eagles. Uh, no shame in losing to those teams because that's a difficult stretch, but, uh, you know, they were blown out in all of them. Then they get the win at home against Dallas with Darnold at quarterback, and then they get blown out by the Patriots, which, again, no shame in that because everybody's getting blown out by the Patriots, and they lose by two scores to Jacksonville, in Jacksonville. The biggest problem is that the last two weeks, Darnold has looked awful and the, and the Jets offense looks completely clueless against two very good defenses. Now, the Dolphins are not a very good defense. Uh, they're not very good 
at stopping the run. They're now without Xavier Howard, so they're not very good at stopping the pass. They, they're arguably, you know, they, they've made strides. Uh, the emergence of John Jenkins has been huge. Christian Wilkins seems to be playing better uh, as the season progresses. Uh, Jerome Baker seems to have gotten his legs under him, and you're getting more and more continuity in the back end with guys like like Needham and Lewis and McCain, and they seem to be playing better. But it's still they're still bereft of talent, especially on the back end. So you know this feels like a get right game for Darnold. There's no doubt that Adam Gase is trying to win this game because he look if they were if they were five and two. <laughs> Uh, and, and he could afford, uh, not that you could really afford to lose a game when you're in, in contention in the NFL, but if you're five and two, uh, you know, then maybe, you know, just to stick it to them, you know, that they're trying to lose and and you, you, and you lay an egg. I don't think Adam Gase would do that, uh, because I think he's too prideful and frankly doesn't have the job security to, to pull that off. Uh, so I think he's absolutely trying to win. It feels like a get-right game for for Sam Darnold. But I think the Dolphins are going to be competitive because I think what they've done is they've built this narrative of, you know, the last few weeks ever since that Washington game with the Washington game, the Buffalo game, and the, and the Pittsburgh game. They've built up this narrative that they are playing better every week and that they are playing really hard and they are competitive. And I expect that to be the case. And then I think something fishy is going to happen somewhere along the way and the Jets are going to take over. My guess is the Dolphins will play well in the first half because that seems to be their MO. And then in the second half of the game, uh, the Jets will will take over. And I don't think it's going to be any kind of crazy adjustment. I think it's just going to be the Dolphins doing what the Dolphins have been doing. And uh, I, I want to see I want to see this team play really hard. And I want to see them lose, but the last few weeks, it, it really seems like if this team is really trying to win, they're going to win at least one game this year. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it, it's, they're not 0 16 bad. When they're playing hard and they're playing well, they're, they're too good for stretches of the game for you to really say that this is an 0 16 team. Unless they're trying to lose. But that's the thing about players that aren't particularly talented is that they have difficulty stitching 60 minutes of good football together. And that's why, and that's why they lose. And that's why 0-16 is a possibility because they don't have the ability to play a complete game of football, even against a team like the Jets. And this is the thing that is so frustrating, right? Because as Dolphin fans... You're sort of born and bred to hate the New York Jets, you know? And it's like, I I would always say if the Dolphins were going to go a full season and win only two games, I would be perfectly fine if those two games were against the New York Jets. And I suppose I still feel that way. It's just, you know, with, with it being such a tight race for that number one draft pick and with that being the thing that clearly the Dolphins are, are shooting for, with that clearly being the goal, it seems like, Man, it's weird to be conflicted about wanting to beat the Jets. If everybody in the league had two wins aside from the Dolphins at this point, 
this would be a game where you want the Dolphins to oh, win. Oh, 100%. If I would even say, I would even say if Cincinnati had a win and the Dolphins were the only winless team, I would even I would say that this would be let's go. Let's go. Let's win this game. I still wouldn't feel great about that because then you're still setting up that Dolphins Cincinnati game with a lot to play for well, in week 16. I I and and my sense is with the way with the trajectory of both teams, with the Dolphins trending upwards and the Bengals not trending upwards, my sense is by the time we get to week 16, that game's in Miami. If Miami's actually trying to win that game, they should win that game. And so I would really like for us to be behind by a game, at least going into that one. Yeah, I, I wouldn't feel great about it, even if, even if you know, I wouldn't feel good going into that game with the same record as Cincinnati. I'll put it that way. Well, we'll see whether that is something that is on the agenda or not. Here's a couple things to just take, quickly take note of here. Uh, we don't often on this show talk about the other teams that the Dolphins are sort of competing with in the in the race for that number one overall pick, but we can go ahead and mention a few things here. One is, first of all, the Jets didn't trade anybody away. In fact, neither, none of the teams that were in that race for the Dolphins traded anybody away. In fact, you could say that those teams got stronger. Uh, the Jets were talking about trading away Jamal Adams. It didn't happen. The Redskins brought Trent Williams in. They couldn't, they decided not to move him and he ended his hold bat, holdout. So their offensive line gets a boost. The, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals did not move AJ Green. So he's going to come back at this point. They did a quarterback switch, uh, from Andy Dalton to their new rookie quarterback with hopes that that might turn some things around for them. So potentially these other teams, I guess there's also the Falcons are out there and I, I have a hard time believing the Falcons aren't going to win another game this season. Although the NFC is a very tough conference, but with the offense that they have, it's hard to, it's hard to see them not at least getting another win at some point this season. But meanwhile, the Dolphins traded away Kenyon Drake and uh, brought in uh, a 30-something-year-old cornerback who's on injured reserve until the middle of December. So, listen, Dolphins are positioning themselves correctly. But here we are in Jets week, and we'll see how this... It's a hell of a matchup. I can't believe it's not on Sunday night football. The 0-7 Miami Dolphins hosting the 1-6 New York Jets. Should be, should be a televised game, as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, uh, Brain... Any last any last words that you'd like to share with with the listeners before we wrap it up here? Uh, no, I just you know I, I guess it's time to make the picks. Oh right, I suppose we do need to do that. We need to make our picks. So let's do it. Make your picks. What do you think? Yeah, so I think that at home in a rivalry game against the Jets, look, Brian Flores knows all about Adam Gase and his offense because he's seen it as a, as a member of the Patriots coaching staff, uh, that there should be, you know, not, not too much of a secret going on, going on into this game. Uh, so I expect Miami to have a good game plan. I mean, O'Shea should have a good game plan going up against the Jets defense because he knows the, the talent that they've got in his tenure, uh, in New England and the Dolphins have, you know, the last few weeks 
they've looked good in the first half of games, uh, really going all the way back to, to that game that Josh Rosen started, uh, against Dallas. You know, the Dolphins have moved the ball well in the first half when the, the scripted plays, they've come out with good game plans on the offensive side of the ball. I think that the Dolphins are going to get off to a fast start in this game. I do think the Jets are going to have success because I think you're going to get the most motivated Jets team because that team is trying to win. And Adam Gase is definitely trying to win. Uh, and they're, they've got to be licking their chops and looking at this. And not only are the Dolphins the easiest game on their schedule, but it starts a stretch where they're playing Miami, the Giants, the Redskins. And they've got a winnable game against the Raiders. So this is conceivably the first of a, in a stretch of games where they could actually potentially turn their season around. So this is going to be like a playoff game for the Jets. They're basically playing for their season in this game. So I do think you're going to get a motivated Jets team. I think you're going to get a very competitive first half. And I think the Dolphins will be toe to toe. It would not surprise me if the Dolphins went into halftime with a lead. At some point, it might be in the third quarter in a close game. It might be in the fourth quarter in a close game. The Dolphins are going to do something that makes you scratch your head and it's going to make, and you're not going to know whether to cheer or be confused or be upset, but they're going to, they're going to turn the ball over or they're going to drop a ball or they're going to miss a field goal. They're going to do something. That's going to give, that's going to propel the Jets to victory and the Dolphins tank will roll on. And I'm picking the Jets to win this game 26 to 23. Oh, close game. I also believe it's going to be a close game here. I see it going pretty similarly to how you do, to be perfectly honest with you. I see a Jets team that's going to be fired up. I see Adam Gase. He's going to be fired up. This is a team that is not going to want to lose this game. They're going to play for their coach. Even the ones that don't like him so much are going to want to play for Adam Gase. And Adam Gase is going to be coaching his ass off trying to, uh, trying to get a big win in South Florida. And I think the Dolphins will fight. I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be even. I think it'll probably be a pretty closely matched game all the way. I think this is a game where we get a lot of scoring at first and then things slow down in the second half and the defensive sort of, uh, I think we get a little bit of that offensive ineptitude on display and eventually the Jets are going to do just enough to win this football game. I predict the Jets get a win 23 to 19 over your Miami Dolphins who, who reached the halfway point of the season with a record of 0 and 8 and then we'll start our wrap up show with the famous song by by Bon Jovi talking about how we are halfway there Whoa. living on a prayer living on a prayer brain tell the people where they can find you can find me on twitter at aaron the brain and you can find me on Twitter at Amplified to Rock. The show is on Twitter at Same Old Dolphins. We also have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash Same Old Dolphins, where every episode of the show is available as well. Additionally, we invite you to go to DolphinsTalk.com every single day for every episode of the Same Old Dolphin Show, not to mention all the other wonderful podcasts over there, Tailgate Talk with Pat Sertan and Aronde Gadsden 
is up there. We've also got uh, DolphinsTalk.com Daily, Two Old Dolphins, Fins Up, Fans Down, Perfectville. Lots of great shows over there at DolphinsTalk.com in addition to a lot of uh, opinions and columns and updates as well over there at DolphinsTalk.com. So make sure you're visiting that website every single day. Make sure that you have subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or really anywhere else that you can get podcasts. Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We're in all those places. So make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss a single episode of the same old dolphin show we will be back here after the game against the jets um maybe a little bit later than normal because i am being whisked away brain i'm being whisked away on a three-day mystery adventure by my wife who is not letting me know where we're going so i i uh i don't know I'm hoping that I will be able to watch the Dolphins game on Sunday, but I have no idea where where we're going. All I know is that we're getting in the car Saturday morning, we're going somewhere, and that I will be back in time to go back to work on Tuesday. She's apparently also managed to get an approved day off of work for me on Monday. So, uh, a lot of mysteries in my future as we celebrate my 40th, if you can believe it. Four zero, the, the big four zero. What do I have to look forward to four and a half years from now? Um, it, well, if it's anything like what I've been dealing with, your knees will suddenly start hurting for no reason. Well, that's no good. Yeah, and then um, you know your hair falls out. And well, your hair started falling out when you were eighteen. Yeah, not even. That's being generous. Sixteen, probably. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest here. Um, yeah, yeah, you know. Being 40 is it's great. You can, uh, you know, do the dishes. Knees hurt. Got to ice your knee on the couch. Drink some coffee. That's, that's pretty. Well, it, sound, it, sound, it sounds a lot like 35. Yeah. I mean, it's not that different. It's really just a number. Right. You know. Age ain't nothing but a number, right? That's what they say. That's what they say. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Same Old Dolphin Show. We look forward to talking to you after the Jets game. In the meantime, take care of yourselves and each other, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Miami's got the Dolphins, the greatest of all teams.